Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at verse number 20. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now if you'll move over to or jump over to verse number uh, 15, Ephesians 5, 15. See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have to go to your word this morning. And I pray, Father, that you would use your word to, again, comfort, convict, and challenge us. And Father, we'll be careful to praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. In Ephesians chapters 4 and 5, we see the practical applications of the doctrine that, uh, that Paul taught by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in, verse, or in chapters 1, 2, and 3. In Ephesians 4, 23 and 24, notice those verses one more time with me. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness." tells us that the renewed spirit, which uh, certainly has application to all of our relationships, as we look at uh, chapters 5 and 6, we see especially to our relationship uh, with our wives or husbands and our children and our families and uh, those that we work with. The devil is uh, working overtime attacking our Christian homes. How many believe that? How many believe that? He is working overtime attacking our Christian homes. And many homes are self-employing, because they have this uh, uh, selfishness of the flesh. You so, it so grabbed their hearts and they're not working as a unit. 
unified for the cause of Christ, but as individuals not allowing the Spirit of God to work through them so that they can keep the unity. If you take your Bibles and turn back to chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. With all lowliness and meekness, with all long-suffering, forbearing one another, uh, in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, as we look at that, we recognize he doesn't tell us to build unity. Kellen, he tells us to keep the unity. Nowhere are we to build the unity, but we have the unity because of Christ. Um, America is trying to hold the world together, and our families are falling apart. Uh, marriage has been defined as what occurs when two become one, and after the honeymoon, we discover which one. Now, I'll let that sink in for just a moment. Uh, but uh, the uh, miraculous creation of Adam and Eve gives theistic evolutionists fits because Eve was not taken from Adam's uh, head um, uh, to rule over uh, her, and nor, was he, or nor was she taken from his foot to be stepped on, but from his side so they could be a team, so they could be, she could be protected, so she could stand with him as one. We have a common bond in Jesus Christ, and that gives us this three-strand uh, rope that's very strong, that's strong against the devil and the world and the flesh because we have Jesus Christ in our marriages. If this, uh, if, if this, uh, uh, in this time, as we look at this uh, particular portion of Scripture, if there's ever been a time when we need strong homes, when we need strong marriage relationships, it's in this day that we're living in right now. Uh, this is a very difficult day, uh, and we're seeing a lot of difficulties because of the whole COVID-19. Someone came to my office and they said, I offered them a piece of candy. They said, no, I can't take that. I've already gained 15 pounds during COVID-19. I said, well, you're still four pounds short. Uh, so you need to get busy there. But uh, the truth is, uh, I can give you all kinds of statistics and the statistics will scare you to death. And I've been doing a little bit more of that so you recognize there is a common problem. Not only a, a common problem with the world meter, but also with the world news as we hear the different problems that we're going through right now. But every 13 seconds, there's one divorce in the United States. Every 13 seconds. That means 277 divorce, divorces per hour, 6,646 a day, 46,523 divorces per week, 2,419,196 per year. Uh, but many of us don't need statistics because we can look down the street, the street that we live on, and find that there's been somebody divorced down there and their home's been wrecked and the children are in an uproar now because of divorce. Or we can look at our own families and find divorce. How many in your families you have somebody that's been divorced or somebody so, whose home has been wrecked because of divorce? How many? All of us can raise our hands, perhaps, in that area. Now, again, if, you're, if you have been divorced, uh, I'm not against you. If you have been divorced, I'm just giving you the truth of the Word of God today, and I'm giving you great truth, and you would probably agree with me, as I've talked to many who have been divorced, you would not want anybody to go through what you had to go through. Some of my best friends have been divorced. 
but they would tell you that they would not want anybody to go through what they've gone through. They wish they would have waited more. They wish they would have put more. Uh, they wish they would have had God in their lives, so God could have helped direct them in the area of marriage. Or they wish that they would have listened to God during that time. But uh, we need to insulate our marriages and our homes against the devil of the world and the flesh. We have to do that. We have to make sure we infuse biblical truth into our homes so that we will not become a statistic like these statistics. Oh, how we need revival in America, but we need revival in our homes. We need homes that, again, would lift up the word of God in their homes, not just on Sunday morning, put it on their arms and take it to church and throw it back on the refrigerator on Sunday night, but recognize that this is serious and that we need to recognize that this life is so temporary compared to eternity, and I need to do all I can do to make sure I'm living for my Lord, that he'd be pleased so I could hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Um, and in if, again, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, we see this renewed spirit will be seen in our giving spirit. It will be seen in our edifying spirit, and it will be seen in our forgiving spirit as you go down through uh, chapter 4, leaving verse 24, you can see these truths. And I want to just share those truths with you today. First of all, if you have a renewed spirit, you have the opportunity and the ability, because you have God helping you, to have a giving spirit in your home. You say, where does it say a giving spirit, Pastor? Well, let's notice verse number 28. So often we read this verse and we just think of thieves and we don't recognize the principle that's been given here. Notice the Bible says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that is needed. This is talking about giving and taking. It's giving us a great perspective on giving and taking. The illustration uh, or it's illustrated by commanding that the one who uh, has a constant habit of stealing, uh, taking what's not his, stops doing that. Now, I'm going to teach you a Greek word. The Greek word here, notice if you would please one more time, verse number 28. It says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him that labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. All right. The word steal there, it's an interesting word. It's the Greek word klepton. Say it with me, klepton. What does it sound like, klepton? Kleptomaniac, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We try to make sure we don't have any kleptomaniacs um, taking up the offering. Uh, kleptomaniacs, taking uh, uh, something that is not yours, taking something uh, that you should not. That's the selfish part, all right? Taking something that's not yours. And then the application, uh, an application is to be giving, selfless. So we go from selfish to selfless. So much so that you would work to be able to give. You want to give, and so you're going to do what you can do so you can give and be a giver and not a taker. Uh, a real key to establishing love, joy, peace, and keeping the unity 
as we look back at chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, the, in the family is for everyone to have a giving spirit. A giving spirit. Um, uh, I remember when I was uh, just a little guy, about 12 years old, I had a job on the farm and I made a buck uh, an hour. Maybe that year I made 75 cents an hour. I, I know it went up to a whole buck by the time I got to 16. <laughs> but anyway... Um, Back in the day, you know. But anyway, uh, I remember uh, we would go by the McDonald's restaurant back in the day on South Saginaw Street or Saginaw Street. Is that where it's at? Saginaw Street? Uh, some of you from Flint. How many are from Flint? There's a few people from Flint. Was, it on, was that the first one? I think it because we went to North Saginaw Street for, for uh, North Baptist Church and on our way through. And I remember one day my mother's, my mother's, uses this and near the end of her life she told me this several times honey I still remember when you took us all to McDonald's and that isn't that great you know I start thinking about my mom just telling me these things over and over Gerald and I'm thinking how old was my mom at that time when she started doing that my age but anyway uh, uh, <laughs> uh, she said I still remember when you said uh, dad let's go to McDonald's I'm buying today and so, uh, you know, it was a big deal. Back, back in those days, the hamburgers were, what were the hamburgers, Butch, you remember? 15 cents? Well, no, no, that's really far back. Uh, way to go, George. But then, like, 19 cents or something, they were really, really cheap. And you could get, uh, I remember I loved the vanilla shakes, huh? I love, I still like McDonald's vanilla shakes. They're delicious. They, sometimes uh, Clint wants a vanilla shake. And, and I said, let me get that started for you, buddy. Um, you got to do that for those little kids and, and for Clint. But uh, Clint says, okay, Father, sharing. But anyway, as I'm handing it back to him as we turn into the driveway. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, it's a, it is a good thing. It's a good thing to be a giver. Not only giving financially and materially, but laboring would mean time. You see that laboring would also mean self, giving of self, laboring, giving up to get to give, giving up to get to give. Are you a giver or a taker in your home? One of our best, or one of the best compliments I've received this year was when um, Katrina was uh, telling me about uh, Caitlin. Uh, my eldest granddaughter, who's going to be 13, you know, sorry I didn't say 12 anymore, honey, who's going to be 13 in a couple of months. Uh, but uh, Katrina and Caitlin and Autumn and Caleb went to a garage sale down the street from them. And uh, Katrina and Autumn and Caleb all found something they wanted to buy. But they all looked at each other and they said, we don't have any money. And then they looked over at Kate, and Kate said, I have money. I have money. And so she gave them the money so that they could all buy what they wanted at the garage sale. And then Caitlin said something that's been the sweetest compliment I've had all year. She said, uh, Caitlin said, oh, I feel just like Grandpa. I bought everybody else something and didn't buy myself anything. I thought that was so sweet. I love that. And, and, and I love the fact that she has that perspective of me, that I'm a giver 
And I'm not saying that to brag about it because uh, there's lots of times when I buy things for myself. But I'm just saying it's a wonderful compliment to be uh, to, to have in the eyes of children seeing that you're generous, that you're a giver and not a taker. There's so many takers today. There's so many ex- there's so many people who want more time off. They want more money. They want more of this and more of that. They're always asking you for more, but they're not giving. And that happens so often in families. So we need to be very, very careful. Hey, I'm just like Grandpa. Bought everybody else's and nothing but myself. Well, the truth of the matter is, it's fun to give. I like giving. It's fun to pay it forward. Huh? Isn't it fun to give? Gerald, isn't it fun to give? Yeah, I know you're a giver. Praise God for that. It's good to see you back, buddy. It's, it's good. We've been praying for you, too. You've gone through a tough time. I'm praying for you, buddy. And you, too, Judy. But because um, you live with Gerald, I know it's a tough time. Just like Kathy, Kathy lives with me, it's a tough time. But anyway, I remember, uh, and some of you remember me uh, giving you this uh, illustration but uh it's been a while now kathy and i went into mcdonald's and uh, as we were getting ready to go up to the uh order there was another lady in a big car over here and we're coming in our big car here and we're converging on the same spot to get in we've both been waiting for a while and so i went and she went People behind her saying, somebody go ahead. <laughs> but so finally, okay. And so we went in in front of her. And I ordered Clint his uh, breakfast, ordered him a breakfast sandwich, ordered him a cherry pie or apple pie, whatever it is, and ordered him a small senior coffee. And so we go up, and Kathy says, honey, you know, there's that sweet, small voice. Not the Holy Spirit, but my wife. She says, honey, why don't we buy that lady's breakfast? Okay. All right, sweetheart. And so I get to the window and roll down my window and I'm looking at my side view mirror. And the lady's saying, that will be whatever. I'm looking at my side view mirror. Kathy says, honey, they want your money and tell them you're... What are, you, what are you doing? I said, I'm just trying to see what that lady's ordering before I commit to it. <laughs> but it's fun to give. It's fun to give. And I tell you, what a blessing it is to be able to give. That means you have to plan ahead. You can't be just living off, uh, you know, just living off the moment. You've got to plan ahead to be able to give. A Barb's nodding her head like this as she's been given to that uh, a uh, little orphanage down in Bolivia, and praise God for that. And, and uh, it's a blessing to give. She's excited about the opportunity she has. Are you a giver or a taker? Giving and sharing will be a blessing to your family. Be a giver. Recognize we have the opportunity to give. Give while you have time. Gabe, you've got just a little while here, and you're going to be out of that family on your own, uh, probably going off to some college down in Florida. And uh, that, this is the opportunity. Your brother's going, yeah, Gabe. Yeah, right now, this is the opportunity. Give, give, give. No, no, but it is the opportunity. And, you know, as you go back, you want your mama at 90 years old to say, I remember when Gabe did that for our family. Huh? Yeah, 
it's, it's special. Don't lose the opportunity to have those special moments. You may hear it like I heard it several times near the end of your uh, parents' lives. It's good. Be a giver. Secondly, notice uh, verses 25, 29 through 31. The Bible says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbors, for we are members one of another, verses 29 through 31. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed in the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Edifying, edifying, I read that last verse and I should have stopped the 31. But instead of corrupt, cutting words or lying words or deceitful words or critical, hurtful uh, words intent on hurting someone, get even type words, nasty words, mean words, use edifying words. Corrupt. See the word corrupt there? Huh? It's an interesting word in the Greek. It means like stinking dead fish, Lonnie. Stinking dead fish. Huh? I'd like you to open your mouth and have stinking dead fish coming, smell coming out of your mouth. That's one nice thing about these masks. The halitosis has really gone down. Rotten as dead fish words coming out of your mouth. In contrast, it is our duty as Christians to edify. To edify. Notice uh, chapter 5, verse number 1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children. The word followers there means mimic. Uh, mimic, mimic the Lord Jesus Christ. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for Sweet smelling savor. Huh? Like your chili. Sweet smelling savor. Yeah. Yeah, think about it for a second. It means to build up. Like building a house, raising a barn. Words that lift up, words that raise the spirit of the person you're talking to. Fills the atmosphere of our homes with love and joy and peace and unity. Hmm. The love of Christ. How about that? Renewed spirit. Renewed spirit. Yeah, let, let's look at this. What the Holy Spirit can do with us. Notice verses 18 through 20. And be not drunk with wine, where is the excess, but be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Job was going through it, huh? Job went through it. I mean, he was going through it. His friend said, Job, the words have upholden him that was falling Thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. In other words, your words have kept men on their feet. Build them up. Raise them up. Words are important. And your words are important. 
And we need to measure them and make sure we weigh them carefully, the, the full impact of our words. For instance, in a marriage counseling, overheard at a marriage counseling session, the fight we had last night was my fault, my wife asked me. What? Uh, let me start over again. The fight we had last night was my fault. My wife asked me what was on the TV, and I said, dust. Way too many people laughing here. Joe and Louise had been shopping at the mall for most of the afternoon when suddenly Louise realized that Joe had disappeared. Somewhat irate, she called his cell phone and demanded, where did you go? Joe calmly replied, Tarly, you remember that jewelry store where you saw the diamond necklace and totally fell in love with it and, and I didn't have the money that time and I said, baby, it'll be yours one of these days. With a smile, blushing slightly, she said, Yes, I remember that, my love. Well, I'm at the Home Depot next door to it. But anyway, <laughs> words, words are important. Many words. You say some words, they just build people up. My wife, she knows how to build Clint and I up. Oh, I'll tell you what. Clint, stand up. Stand up for a second, pal. Stand up. Show mom your muscle. What do you do, babe, when you see that muscle? Show mom your muscle, not everybody else. Yeah, huh? You got a little kung fu karate there? Yeah. The other day, Emerson and Nelson built me some new cabinets. Man, they are nice. Well, they the shelving units, so the shelves, the shelves are, are they three quarters or five eighths? What are they? Three quarters. And they're all in the hallway, and uh, Kathy was moving them over uh, because we needed one shelf to put in the middle section. And she said, wow, these things are heavy. Well, Daniel came over, and he gave me a hand. And so he said, just bring those over, and I'll, put these, I'll help you put these shelves in. And so I went over there, and I, Kathy was sitting on the couch, and she's watching me. And I went over, and I picked up three of them. Picked up three of them like this, and I'm thinking, way too many. Should be picking up all these. These are heavy. And then I walked over to the shelving unit. Actually, Daniel wasn't there yet, was he? And then I walked over to the to the cabinets, and I lifted them up over top, and I set them down in there. And Kathy goes, Wow, you are strong, honey. I wish she hadn't said that. Because then I went back over and grabbed three more. <laughs> and then three more again. I suffered for at least four days, wouldn't you say, honey? Biofreeze. Biofreeze bio here. Oh, what's so sad about that, Lonnie? What's so sad about that? That's right. You can't cast very good left-handed. I'm, I'm a good left she hadn't said that she said wow are you ever strong the things I felt like Gaston for a moment words build you up and words can tear you down words can build others up and they can tear them down 
Words need to be kind so that we build up those in our family. Words need to be thankful so that we raise people up in our families. Loving words, Christ-like words, words that will show a renewed spirit of your mind. It's so very important to make sure we have the right words. Then, in the third place, giving. Are you following? Edifying. How about forgiving? Verse number 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Verse 32. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. This phrase, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, is interesting. In Paul's day, a Greek custom of that day, a social Greek custom, was when harsh words were spoken between uh, individuals, it required that before they pilled their head at night or before the sun went down, that they would seek that person out and either embrace them or shake hands with them to uh, make sure that those things were resolved. You say, that was good. I won't have to resolve anything until after COVID-19 because we can't shake hands and we can't. No, 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 no. Today, you'd have to social distance and bump elbows, but you can still do something to resolve that. Notice again, back to Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering. By the way, meekness, remember Moses was meek. He was not a weak, meek man. He was a meek man showing strength. With long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 14. Follow peace with all men, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Unresolved anger will result in broken fellowship, and that grieves the Spirit of God. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there the, the, thy gift uh, before the altar, and go the way thy way first, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. You know, I've been with people at the end of their lives, and their families have been just a mess. And they would have given anything and everything to have a sweet spirit in their family. How much is it worth? You've got the ability to have it. At least your own heart can be right with God because you have a renewed spirit of your mind. As Christians, you don't have to buy it because you have the Holy Spirit abiding in you. God has given us the renewed spirit in our mind and we have the opportunity to forgive, 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 forgive. Keep on forgiving. It doesn't do any good to hang on to it. The roots of bitterness will only spring up. And you'll find a lot worse in those roots and the roots of bitterness than you will in that spirit of, of not forgiving. I read about a soldier 
who had lost his arm while saving a fellow soldier. A chaplain was commending this hero, and he said to the one-armed soldier, I heard how you lost your arm to save your buddy. The young soldier said, Pardon me, chaplain. Don't mean to offend you, but I didn't lose my arm. I gave it. See, I, I knew what was going to happen when I pushed my buddy away and took the brunt of the ex uh, explosion. No, sir, I did not lose my arm. I gave my arm so that he might live. Friend, Jesus pushed us off the cross so that we might live. And so we might live a renewed life in Christ, renewed strength, a renewed spirit. We have the opportunity. God can enable us and God can empower us and we can have great families to the praise of his glory. A renewed spirit will be seen in our giving and our edifying and in our forgiving. Is God speaking to your heart today? It's so sad to see so many Christian families who are just limping along, ignoring the Spirit of God, ignoring the Word of God. Annoying the Word of God and the Spirit of God will only bring down selfishness and flesh. And you're readying yourself for the devil to attack. We must... Continually humble ourselves under the dominating spirit of God and confess our sins and live so that the Holy Spirit is not grieved. But he's empowering us to live for our Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you again for your word and the power of it. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would continue to use your word to speak to our hearts. And Father, I pray you'd strengthen our families. Father, I pray that we'd realize that, that we need to be givers and not takers in our families. We need to be edifying and not critical and complaining. We need to be forgiving and not holding on to things that will mean nothing in eternity but loss of reward. Dear God, help us. Help us see what's important, what's temporary, and what's eternal. God, help us. Help us have stronger marriages, stronger homes. God, give us that insight from your inspired word. We might apply it to our hearts today and confess sin and get things right with you. Give us homes that are sweet-smelling savor to our God. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed in the quietness of the moment.